0: It's time, everyone. You, you, know, you know what time it is. You've read the title of this episode. Let, we're not going to fuck around. Welcome to Cranked and Ranked. I, as usual, am your host, Old Head. With me, as always, Eddie the Ed Sparks.
1: Da-na-na-na. Yeah! What's
0: up? Perfect, isn't that? That's like the best yeah scream in any song ever recorded in the history of music. Like I know Absolutely. some people would be like, "What about Roger Daltrey?" I'm like, he may mm. have been fir- he may have been first, but Bruce topped him many times over. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, hello everybody, it's Iron Maiden time. Um, we've there are bigger. Bands that you know, we we space things out because you know, we've done like Judas Priest and we did like Metallica and all these different things. And so, the bigger ones, I, f- I feel like a lot of times we push them off because not only are they big undertakings, but at the same time, it's like, well, we don't want to blow that wad right away. So, yeah, it's, so welcome to year four where we finally get to yeah. Iron Maiden. <laughs> and this will be a two parter, although previously back in the day, we would have done three parts with this, I think.
1: Yeah, but But we've 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 upped our game. We've we've tightened
0: the format and we've uh, become much more efficient, I believe, as well. Yeah. And um, so it's almost like we can still have our little veers off in our tangents, but we keep things kind of tight. We Mm. are uh, we're getting better at it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for being here. And um, yeah. So so today, because it's 17 albums total for Iron Maiden, today is going to be the bottom eight. Next time will be the top yes. nine. and nine. Um, Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we have a lot to talk about. So let, we, we'll just jump right into it. And where we normally talk, what we normally talk about at the beginning yes. of the episode is where the band came into our lives. Iron Maiden's a very weird one for me because mm. I saw Iron Maiden videos on Headbangers Ball when I was young. Like you would see... Uh, uh, you know, bring your daughter to the slaughter and, uh, what, what's the, what's the, can I play with madness? And of Mm -hmm. course you'd see run to the Hills and stuff like that. And I never, it's so weird because I was perfectly fine. I was into like Aerosmith and Van Halen and all these other bands, but for some reason Iron Maiden and Judas Priest seemed like old people music. Like Mm -hmm. I was, I was always just like, this is for like old people that like metal. Like it's is not for me. So it so even though it was fine, I never cared about Iron Maiden until I got older. And it was only because you go to rock shows and Iron Maiden songs play all the time before bands start playing. Yeah. And I kept hearing songs and going like, this is a banger. So finally yeah. one day I just sort of dove into Iron Maiden, but it was not a natural early thing for me. It was a a little bit later in life in my 20s that I started to really get into Iron Maiden and then it just got more and more and more. Um, and so, uh, so, yeah, that's a different story for me. Um, wh- where was your first Iron Maiden exposure? Well, this is um, one of
1: our... Uh, video game discoveries. Noise. Uh,
0: same song, two games. Oh, okay. That, Which was uh, it? Was it? uh Was it Number of the Beast or was it Run to the Hills? Think Power Slave. Pa- Power Slave. Is it? What is it? The song Power Slave. Like, what's what song off Power Slave is on video games? Two minutes to midnight. Oh and it's,
1: shit! Yeah. And, okay. And it's, it, it's in Guitar Hero 5, and it was, like, one of my favorites to play, and I saw yeah. that it was metal. Yeah, I had no idea when I got Guitar Hero 5. Um, Bearing in mind, this is still in, like, 2009, so I am young. Like, yeah. Yeah. just before we enter the year of 2010, when I became the metalhead I am now... Um, but so for, few- con-
0: for context, if you're new, he was 10 at that point.
1: Yeah, well... 11 but we're splitting hairs here okay okay Uh, fine yeah (laughs) but you know like i was saying the song two minutes to midnight just gripped me and i was like oh this is ace and then like a couple days later i was playing vice city and i noticed the rock station and i started listening to it to hear more stuff like this that i liked yeah and lo and behold two minutes to midnight is on that game as well so i was just like this is amazing. If I want to play it, I'll load up Guitar Hero. And if I want to run people over to it, I'll (laughs) clean the door. So yeah. Yeah. That that was a, uh, that song is very much a time capsule for me because it's one of the first metal songs like I ever heard and was exposed to constantly. Yeah. And really uh, Maiden in the beginning were more of a gateway band than Metallica ended up being. But like for that brief couple months in early 2010, I was just like, Iron Maiden are awesome. And yeah. like alongside bands like Ramstein and System of a Down. I mean, that's a weird trifecta. But at, at the time I was like, do you know what? This stuff rules. Yeah, and then I just, yeah. I kept buying more Guitar Hero games and listening to the rock stations and Grand Theft Auto games. And that just kind of shaped my, uh, taste palette and yeah uh, that's eventually down the line i realized that the iron maiden remasters the cds had like parts of like eddie's head so if you got them all they line up and complete eddie's head and you you know me collector mindset the moment that sets in i'm like right well i got to have them all (laughs) so so that's what kind of spurred me on to get them
0: that would trigger like some ocd in me if i like was missing one of them or something i'm i get i get bummed out just missing something in a collection period that that i that i have like i remember like my my wife got like a box like a like a, a, a bob dylan box set and it's like volume three or volume four i'm like we got to go buy volumes one through three. We can't yeah. just have volume four. And she doesn't care. She's just like, well, whatever we have volume four. And I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the
1: same. I'm totally the same. Cause I remember one time I went into, uh, nostalgia music in, uh, Truro great record shop. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I went in there and I-, I didn't have these two albums at the time but I saw Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 and I picked them both up and I was like, well, I can't can't buy 1 without 2 or even worse, 2 without 1. So like...
0: (laughs) I remember when those albums came out and there were people that just went and bought number 2 because it had You Could Be Mine on it and I'm just like, uh, if you're only buying 1... That's this is weird that was bad you know yeah. it was it was early on in my life when i started experiencing those weird things that i have in my in my psyche and in my brain where i'm just like why does this bother me so much but it's yeah uh, it really does even back then i would have just opted to have two tapes
1: over over the two cds that's like, actually
0: what i did i couldn't afford yeah. the cd so i had both of them on cassette until i upgraded but uh, okay, but that's a different band that we've already done. Um, yes, we are on to Iron Maiden, and we got a lot to do. We've got eight albums in this episode, the bottom eight, and um, I, I'm going to be critical about most of these albums. Mm-hmm. But really, you know, just to, just to get it out there, I do, I think Iron Maiden's a fantastic band and one of the greatest Agreed. metal bands of all time. That being said, I have some thoughts. So let's. Get into it, and as usual, I throw it over to, to Eddie to start us off with his number 17 Iron Maiden album.
1: Okay, so my number 17 is uh not a controversial pick, it is The X Factor from 1995. Okay, um, and this one for me, like, it, I mean, this is the first Blaze Bailey album,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and it's even down to like the artwork and the overall packaging vibe, everything on this album is, is a big departure from the nine that led up to it. Um, and you know, it's, it's always going to be difficult being an eighties metal band in the mid nineties, the, the era where it couldn't have been less cool (laughs) to be this type of band, no matter how established you are. Um, I'm going to jump right in Kay. sign of the sign of the cross. You know, already we have a bold move. It takes huge balls to open an album with an 11 minute and 17 second epic, especially with a new singer who, you know, to his credit, isn't trying to sound like Bruce and he's nope. a completely different singer to Bruce. Um, because mm-hmm. he was in the band Spain. Yeah. Um, it, although like the the my biggest issue with this album right out of the gate is illustrated perfectly in the intro you could have trimmed two whole minutes off that intro and achieved the exact same result
0: i i'm, um, I'm going to throw it out there that every album that they've put out since then you could say that about <laughs> there yeah. there, are, there are things that should have been edited and could have been edited
1: yeah, they they have definitely got to a point in their career where they, you know, they're big enough to be able to turn around and say, "Fuck you, I'm an Iron Maiden and you're not." But uh, yep. some
0: some of the oh, latter more, more, day more 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 precisely, I'm Steve Harris and you're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, for for me, like, there's a little bit of self-editing that could help a lot of this latter day material. However, mm-hmm. you know. The menacing thing in the middle of this song sounds really cool. It's like, it's almost like boss fight music. Um, Lord of the Flies, immediately, like, on track two now, I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, the guitars in this mix sound wimpy compared to the uh, drums and the vocals. Like, the guitars are the furthest back in the mix, and Mm -hmm. it's like, guys you're a metal band you know yeah. <laughs> uh you know it, it's almost like they're it's almost like the guitarists are in the room next door while i'm in with the drummer and the singer <laughs> uh, you know and the bass player but yeah you know man on the edge the solos are awesome in this one uh fortunes of war th- th- this track's a bit meandering for me you know there's cool melodies but it's got the length of a prog song without the scale of a prog song, if you yeah. catch my drift. Even the tempo shift felt kind of sluggish. Is that Thunder? Yep. Jesus Christ.
0: We're, we're, having, we're having a little storm over here right now. We,
1: we're, we're pissing off the metal gods with, these, yeah. uh, with the, <laughs> this review. Um, uh, look for the truth. Um Whoa, whoa vocals never cease to get a little you know they make me think okay you know you could kind of argue it's a bit of a cop-out but that's built for the live show yep, You yeah know? absolutely they're, they're handing it off to the audience for some participation um where where was i at uh the aftermath um cool sort of if acdc was a new album sort of riff uh judgment of heaven now here's a nice little change of pace an actual upbeat track because for the most part like this album is pretty much the max capacity you could have on a cd at the time Mm -hmm. uh and most of the album is like really slow dark and brooding and it's like even the gallopy parts are like...
0: Didn't I read that this was an album Steve Harris was writing while going through a divorce or something like that? I totally understand
1: the, the, the backstory and all that there, and mm-hmm. I know that, you know, he was going through a lot of shit. Yeah. But, like, you know, I've heard Maiden do Dark before, but kept it a lot more entertaining. I feel like this... This album suffers from a mixture of, of, I don't want to say bad ideas so much as ideas that ended up not gelling. Yeah. Um, you know, it, Steve Harris, though, like Blood on the World's Hands, Steve Harris is one of those iconic players who you just recognize the moment you hear him. Like, there is a definitive Steve oh, yeah. Harris bass sound, let alone songwriting style. Uh, The Edge of Darkness, just more brooding mid-90s Maiden. 2AM. I liked the hooks in 2AM. Yep. yep. And then we have the second longest track on the album to close us out with The Unbeliever. Honestly, there's moments on this album that jump out, but this album is way too long and drawn out with not a very great mix, and that sadly makes... A lot of things that feel like they have potential a bit of a chore to listen to and it just feels like too much of a commitment and you know like i say it, it hurts me to say it but you know that this is not an album i can see myself revisiting anytime soon you know maybe if i god forbid ever go through a divorce it might click but <laughs>
0: All right. Well, there you go. That, that is not my number 17 or really anywhere close to my number 17. Um, so I gotta, I gotta be honest here. It, 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 So I I did an Iron Maiden ranking like three years ago or or more uh, in my albums ranked series that I used to do on my YouTube channel before we before Crankton ranked before I
1: hijacked it.
0: (laughs) And um, yeah, and uh, I love it when people comment like, why don't you do rankings anymore? And I'm like, I do them every week pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Um, but uh, I was I, I would have considered myself a big Iron Maiden fan at that point. Flash forward to now, um, I have gotten I got to the point with their latest album where I'm now kind of I've jumped off of the train. So my number 17 is Sinjutsu from 2021 because it had to go here because this was the album that I heard it, listened to it several times because I did a review on Old Bollocks with Howard H. Smith. And just, I think it was on the third time going through, I just went, I just don't care anymore. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, because Senjutsu has so many things not good about it. It's, it, it, it was, it was overwhelming to me because the band are still a great band. Every mm-hmm. member st- still great. Um, I, people would probably have remarks about uh, Janik or whatever his name is. Is that how you pronounce it? Yannick um, Gers. Yannick? Yannick Yannick. Yeah. Because, I, because I I have seen um, isolated tracks of him playing on stage, and it's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> he mostly just bounces around and kind of plays the songs. Um mm. It's just the hype man. I had to take it. had to take Well, he's unnecessary. He's like a fucking third guitar player now. Um, Anyway, so that's uh, so I had to take a a coffee drink. So first off, like like I'm going to say about pretty much every album in this episode, this album is way too fucking long for what it Mm. presents to you. And overall, it's just Maiden doing the same kind of shit that they've been doing for 20 years now. And Mm. the things that are different are just minutely different and usually in, on this particular album, different in a way that is completely uninteresting and it doesn't do anything for me on top of that. This is the most baffling part of this album. There's a keyboard through a lot of the songs, same exact keyboard sound on all, on all the songs that it's on, but it sounds like scratch keyboard, like, Mm. the album was just playing and somebody was playing keys to it because they intended to actually put real keyboards on later on. And then when they mixed it, they're like, fuck, we forgot the keyboards. And we, whatever, just put that on there. Because it's an awful sound. It sounds so clunky. And a lot of the times, whoever's playing it, it's offbeat with when the notes change. So (laughs) I'll be like, why is it so, it's really hard? Because I'm like, why is it there first off? Like I'm okay with keyboards because they've done keyboards in the past really well, but this one just feels so just thrown in at the last minute where they went, we need some keys. All right, hold on. Play the track. Okay, cool. That's the end of the... You know, It's, it's the most... I don't know why it's there and why they allowed it to sound that bad. Um, and so on top of all that, most of the songs are completely uninteresting. Um, there's, there's a couple highlights here and um unfortunately that's it for me because everything else is just like well if i want to listen to iron maiden i am not listening to this album because mm-hmm. there are things it it got to the point i would say probably around matter of life and death maybe where all of a sudden if you just played an iron maiden song from any of the albums after that i'd be like i don't know what album this is from mm-hmm. i could not tell you because they're all similarly produced, similarly written. They have, I said this a lot in my old ranking, it seems like they have an Iron Maiden template now. And I'm in agreement, yeah. And they're, and they're, they, they do certain things all the time. And so in the case of like an album like Senjutsu, they just, take ideas that are kind of boring, but then they blow it out to like these long ass songs where like not a lot really happens. And they used to like, it'd be fine. You know, if like they had never done long songs before, but they have some fucking epics that, that just keep you engaged and entertain all the way through. Now that Ride being said, Ancient Mariner. Like, that, yeah. So yeah. that being said though, I realize they're older dudes. They've been doing it for a really long time. So what, for what they're putting out It's still pretty impressive. And if I was a diehard Iron Maiden fan, I could probably find a lot of things that I did like about this album. But as somebody that has been uneasy with the last 20, with this millennium of Mm -hmm. Iron Maiden, it finally got to the point where I went, all right, I'm just not a fan. I mean, you know, peace be with you for everyone that is fans, but I'm, I'm jumping off now. And, and, you know, I'll still be here if they put out another album and they, they release a single or I go, whoa, fuck, wasn't expecting that. Then I will be back on board. But uh, I don't think that's going to happen because you get to be one of the biggest metal bands in the world and nobody's going to tell you no. Nobody's going to tell you to edit something. Nobody's going to mm. admit that you're repeating yourself. Um, just more of the same, not impressive. Number 17, Senjutsu.
1: Okay, Cool. So, uh, while, while we're on the subject of it, I am entirely in agreement with you on the uh, you know new millennium era of Maiden having the having the um, template, as you said. And I'm gonna say, I'm gonna <laughs> like say the, the, I'm gonna... the, 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 the biggest yeah. the
0: biggest one is there's always a song that the the first part is like a driving four four b and then when it gets To the chorus it completely shifts it's like it's literally just the same there's so many songs and it's never and it's always a weird transition where it's a different all of a sudden a different tempo as well and it's like well what happened there okay fine but they have to throw those parts in because that's the part where the whole crowd is bouncing you know and I get it it's fan service in a lot of ways but you know okay
1: yeah for, for me like there there's a section coming up you know 15 i'm gonna be honest 15 through 10 are virtually interchangeable on any day of the week like yeah. I, I i pretty much went off gut instinct alone when ranking these because like, i was I was, li- <laughs> I was listening to like the, I, I listened through to all of the bottom half of my ranking and i thought it's all very impressive but on the flip side the whole time I'm thinking, man, I could be listening to peace of mind right now.
0: <laughs> like, yeah. And, and it's and, and it's and it's even worse when you're doing several maiden albums in a row. Like if like you play you play me one song off of Sunjutsu, you know, on some random day, and I'd be like, eh, not bad. But like yeah. in the grand scheme of doing what we do, man. Yeah. man it gets it's it's a lot. It's it's like <laughs> it made in
1: a they're almost like a victim of their own like early success that they put out such a string of classics that like the top five is always going to be well top fucking nine, 10 or however many you want to extend it to. Yeah. This latter period is just like, as far as metal goes, it's good. Yeah. But for for maiden, they've kind of, they have kind of repeated themselves quite a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. Still, still love you though uh, <laughs> so my number uh <laughs> my number 16 is
0: virtual 11. okay well th- th- this is our first matchup virtual 11 is also my number 16.
1: okay cool um so it's the last blaze bailey album mm-hmm. and i feel bad having put both his albums at the bottom because he's not a bad singer I just think he, you know, again, he's a victim of where the band were at at the time. Um, but, you know, he he got to be an Iron Maiden, which is cool as fuck. So, yeah. yeah. Future Real is the polar opposite of the previous album's opening track, Short and to the Point, which unfortunately can't be said for its follow-up, Angel and the Gambler, yeah. which absolutely did not need to be 10 minutes long. <laughs> yeah. You know, the the edited version, great. <laughs> because there's not five minutes of, don't you think I'm a savior? Don't you think I could save you? Don't you think I could save your life? Don't you think I'm a savior? Don't you think I could save you? Don't you think I could save your life? Don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was making a point there you know um but point taken point taken uh yeah it's a it's a fun uptempo song and the music video version is great also the music video is fucking hilarious the entire thing looks like a bowling alley screen when you get a strike yeah you know you, you know how bowling alleys got to 1998 with their graphics and just gave up and yeah. they were like well yeah that's the look And that's going to be the look from here on in, um, but you know, it's before it gets annoying. It's a catchy number, uh, lightning strikes twice could have benefited from some gang vocal backing action in the chorus, but you know, blaze manages to do it himself. Even if it feels a little clunky, it's still a fun song. You know, it's like lightning, lightning strikes twice, Lightning, (laughs) it's like got no time to breathe. Yeah, but, um, yeah, the Klansman, and you know now, they, prob-
0: they probably left him on his own to do that live too.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if they pl- if they
0: played it live, I don't even think they did.
1: Yeah, yeah. That'd be interesting to see how many times these um, Blaze era songs got played. But like the Klansman, now a lot of people rave about the Klansman, and you know, with good reason. It's a good song. It's pretty long, mm-hmm. but has much more going on. Uh, and is much more justified than the sheer leviathan length of angel and the gambler for how much content is in it Mm -hmm. uh when two worlds collide now this is an unfortunate or fortunate depending on how you see things effect side effect of growing up when i did whenever whenever anything involving the phrase worlds collide is involved All I can think of is that episode of SpongeBob where the caveman and the robot do that, like, rap battle duet, and it's like, you know... It's fucking ace. Yeah,
0: this song's good too, but there, yeah, there ain't no not, top in that. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen that. And you say worlds, worlds collide, laugh
1: collide, y- so hard you swear you died. When worlds collide,
0: so f- funny. Yeah. Funny enough, from my point of view, it's ah, you ready to go? Yeah. I'm ready to go. Ah. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> that's worlds collide for me.
1: <laughs> and, then, and then there's me, like worlds collide is a marvelous thing. But you never heard a robot and a caveman sing, yeah. You know? <laughs> but yeah. It's it's great. Look it up. It's it's actually really catchy. Uh, The Educated Fool. Really like the guitar solo in this one. Uh, Don't look to... The eyes of a stranger! (laughs) Sorry. Uh, It's similar to Angel and the Gambler in that it is needlessly drawn out. Um, Como estas, amigos? Sombra kind of closer. Now, I will say about this album that bumped it above X Factor for me is... This album is not only produced better, but in my better in, sorry, in my opinion has better songs and is a bit more self-edited. It feels much more maiden in its vibe and approach and I'm going to be honest, I go to maiden to hear maiden so go figure that this album for me goes above X Factor.
0: So it, it's it's funny because we're we, we we matched up on this one, but I I feel the complete opposite with you. I feel like this mm. of the two is worse has the the more dull songwriting on it. Because I have no problem with the tone of of uh, of X Factor because mm. um I you know me I love those the mid nineties. Odd albums that take a little bit of time to grow on you and stuff. Uh, but me, this, I, I do, I do too. But for this one just missed the mark for me. So for the case with this one for me, unfortunately, is that it was very clear on both of those albums and seeing them live that Blaze Bailey was in over his head. It's very clear because their music, for the most part, needs a more dynamic vocalist than Blaze. Blaze is really good. I just think he fits more on X Factor than the songs on Virtual 9. Like that one, this is the one where like not only are the songs not that interesting to me, but there's so many times where I go, he's singing this in a lower register and it's clear that it was written for a higher register. Yeah. And so it's almost like the band were like giving him a hint. Like, oh, we're writing these songs for Bruce. So you try to Mm. sing these, you know, Oh, I got to sing down here then, which is fine. Everyone has their own range and he's, I mean, he sounds good. He, he gave it his all. I'm going to give that.
1: Sorry. While it's on my mind, you've just jogged the memory. Keep, keep going. I'll I'll tell you in a sec.
0: Okay. I just overall, um, to me, the biggest part of it is those two things. I think it's pretty dull overall. And I think that blaze sounds even more out of his element on this album. And it's clear they needed a change. But not only that, like from them as a band, from a uh, business standpoint, like they were playing to the the smallest venues they'd ever played, I think. And um, so, of course, it makes perfect sense why things worked out where Bruce came back and then they just started making. Iron Maiden music Because they're like We don't ever want to have to play Small theaters and clubs ever again So now (laughs) they don't Because they write arena ready Or or festival ready Iron Maiden music All the time But, uh, But that being said Even though I mean, it's still a good album. Once, once again, do you throw on a, any song from virtual nine and I'll be like, yeah, cool. I mean, even if it's too long, I'd be like, Oh, but this is the only one we're listening to. Right. Cause I can move on with my life after this. Um, but yeah, I just kudos to blaze. Um, also when it comes to blaze, if I want to listen to blaze Bailey, I'm putting on that first Wolf Spain record. Cause it fucking rules. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, but yeah, He's he's great, um, but yeah, I'm gonna give more love to X Factor later. But my number sixteen, we 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 had a little matchup. Um, let's yeah. see let's see if we have any more.
1: Yeah, I was I was just gonna say uh, while you were talking about like Blazes' register compared to Bruce's register, I remember huh. uh, I was in a band one time. I think back in uh, it was either like early uni or at the end of college, where like I was trying to get something off the ground. We were auditioning people and someone turned around and said, uh, I can sing like Bruce Dickinson. And I was like, really? And they said, well, I can sing like Bruce Dickinson, but an octave lower. So I said, so you can't sing like Bruce Dickinson. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like defeats the fucking object completely. An octave
0: lower. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, oh, <laughs> just, it's stuff like that that just makes me laugh, man. It's a complete lack of self-awareness. Um, but yeah, so my, <laughs> my number 15, um, now this, you know, in some circles could be considered sacrilege, but knowing the kind of, you know, with the, with the insight that we have now and the span of albums we have, my number fifteen is Brave
0: New World. Oh man, they're gonna they're gonna fucking come after you. Right I know. <laughs> and they I, did. I they, think, they, they did that yeah. to be that album's actually higher now than it was back when I did my other ranking. But man, that was the most hate that I got was pre- yeah. for, for putting that album low. And
1: he, here's my thing. Like I say, this you know, fifteen through ten could change any day of the week but Mm -hmm. my gut was telling me Brave New World to me was them you know obviously a step up again but they're finding their feet again I'm I think my biggest obstacle for this album is the very clearly Y2K production quality on it like (laughs) a little bit of that yeah yeah so like that for me you know I don't know what it is uh, let's just dive in so Brucey's comeback album and the first of the three guitarist era. Um, now I'm going to say this outright. The Wicker Man is a fantastic song. Statement of intent. A return to form. And, you know, is that double kick in the chorus? Or just, you know, knowing Nico, it's probably just killer single foot action. But um, Yeah,
0: he, he plays shit with, like, like sometimes that you it sounds double, and he's doing it with one yeah. foot. Yeah, it's like,
1: dude's doing like john bonham style like footwork but just keeping it going you know um now ghost of the navigator like i say not a massive fan of the compressed year 2000 production style cool song yeah. though uh, and another double kick passage is a welcome addition to the maiden arsenal now at the time i thought this is cool this is them adding something in you know because they'd never really done the double kick thing before yeah um brave new world is a cool title track blood brothers is great i remember seeing this live at download last year and it really hit different with the speech bruce gave before he. it might
0: be my favorite song on the album i really do like that one
1: yeah yeah like it's it's um if you ever look at uh the download 2022 performance of it it's great. Bruce does his, you know, crowd work and he goes, right. <laughs> the last three years of our lives have been fucking shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, he's, uh, <laughs> and he's just like, so tonight we're blood brothers, you know, something along those lines. Yeah, you know, I kind of butchered it. But it's the way, you know, seeing that definitely give me a different you know, view of the song. And now it, it kind of sticks in my head with a cool memory. Yeah. Um, the Mercenary, cool melodic riffs Dream of Mirrors is a ballady track, The Fallen Angel if I had a quid for every song called Fallen Angel by an 80s metal band dude <laughs> <laughs> uh, The Nomad is a lengthy one, uh, Out of the Silent Planet, uh, not to be confused with, with King's, King's X, X. Yeah. Yeah. but uh, there's a kind of funky bit in this one and I, I enjoyed it a lot uh, and to close out we have The Thin Line Between Love and Hate The Chemical, Physical, and (laughs) Biological Nature of Love. An Exploration of the Meaning of Meaning. Part 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 One. one. (laughs) Dude, I'm so glad that we did that Bill and Ted episode before we did this, because that was perfect. (laughs) Yep. But yeah, like I say, right, we've entered the realm of, for me, good, but... I'm definitely prioritizing the eighties stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, you know?
0: Yeah. That there'll be a few at this point for me, there'll be a few albums that I'll go pretty quickly through because my thoughts on them are pretty much the same because a lot of them are pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. Uh, My number 15 is a matter of life and death from 2006. And really at this point, it's just more of the same more interchangeable songs, more of them sticking to whatever songwriting template. I mean, I'm assuming that they, I, I would like to be in on a, a songwriting session because I don't know if like, do they have tick boxes and they go, did hmm. we do this yet on the album? Okay, no, we need to do that. Next song has that. Um, I, I just don't know, but how, I don't know how you write things that are so similar to things that you've already written. Um, Riff blur, big time like song you blur, mentioned. fucking song, song blur, song, song blur. Um, <laughs> yeah, but but uh, so just like with a lot of their two thousands albums, Matter of Life and Death has some good songs, but it has many just okay songs, and it's not a go to album. It's really just one of those sort of oh I, oh they did this album too. I forgot. It's that kind of thing. It's um, yeah, but but you know I think. Each one of these albums, for younger people especially, if this is the album that you came in on, it's probably a really special album. Because I, I, mm-hmm. I, I deal with that all the time with people when I talk about anthrax and they want to shit on State of Euphoria. And I'm like, what the fuck are you hearing? This is the album that brought me into the band. It's fucking incredible. So I, yeah. you know, maybe somebody came in on a matter of life and death and they're like, it's a very important album to you and I think that's the only thing that can save it (laughs) is it uh, having personal things for you because otherwise it's just another uh, 2000's Iron Maiden album so uh, moving on to number 14 well I can jump straight off
1: of that because my number 14 is a matter of life and death Um, now this album for me um, is among the first metal CDs I bought but i think i bought this one and power slave and i listened to this maybe like one or two times and listened to power slave about 30 within a month in the, and in the world
0: of iron maiden that's like night and day yeah <laughs> it's
1: like yeah power slave is
0: like one of the best
1: yeah yeah it's it's it, like i say different world great opening track but you know i'm immediately struck with the production and to me, I don't know what what it is with this album. This album somehow feels too bright and muddy at the same time
0: in the production. And I, I well, don't quite know how to describe it. Is it like I, I think if I remember right, Matter of Life and Death is the one that they chose to not master. Right. It's like not yeah. mastered. It's just a rough it's just a mix. And then they put it out. Right. And that kind of
1: puts into perspective why you master an album. Because-
0: <laughs> yeah, whose yeah. idea was that? It's, yeah. like, it's <laughs> almost like they, <laughs> for, they forgot to master it, and then they were like, oh, yeah, we meant to do that. We the meant to that- do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, like, you know, I, I understand the odd, like, you know, creative choice, you know. We liked it the way it sounded. Cool. But... He- I saw, like, I like to scour other people's rankings and see what the general consensus is of albums and, you know, yeah. see if I'm being too harsh, see if I'm being uh, too biased. You know, I like to I like to hear other opinions and then form my own. Uh, that being said, people rave about this one. Um, Interesting. A, a lot. And... I get it if you like raw, but my favorite... Ooh, baby, Maiden I like is... it raw. Yeah. Yes,
0: baby, I like it raw. Shimmy, shimmy, y'all, shimmy, yeah, shimmy, yeah. Give me the mic so I can take... Oh, I'm sorry, this is Iron Maiden. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> sure... <laughs> we just <laughs> lost somebody's, somebody's 20% already... of the listeners. Yeah, Somebody's yeah. already typing, I didn't come here
1: for this shit. <laughs> okay. I apologize. I come here for metal. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, y- you know, these colors don't run is a good one, two punch brighter than a thousand suns though. Like the lengthy track could have been shortened to make it a bit more punchy. And that can be said for pretty much the rest of this album here on in the great vocals, great playing, uh, the pilgrim, that Eastern Phrygian part in the song is, is cool. I, li- I like that, especially the guitar solo. Yeah. Uh, I think that's probably like my favorite part of Modern Maiden is when the lead parts start because you know I've always loved their guitar solo style but Yeah,
0: you know I you know, I haven't mentioned this at all because I think that it's 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 uh it goes without saying that the, the, yeah the the Bruce always sounds great guitar the guitars always sound great like like performance wise. Like yeah. it's almost like a given. Like there's no point to say that because everybody knows like they're all they're yeah. very good at what they do. So yeah.
1: Yeah, like, you know, it, at no point have I ever felt like they were, you know, phoning it in performance-wise. Yeah. Um But, you know, Out of the Shadows is a more... Uh, oh, sorry, The Longest Day. Love that proggy riffage before the chorus. Uh, Out of the Shadows is a more somber ballad-style track. Uh, reincarnation of Benjamin Brig, first single from the album, cool song, love the riffs. Uh, for the greater good of God is more modern maiden. Lord of Light. Cool stuff. Legacy is good closer. <laughs> Legacy is good closer. Um, <laughs> my <laughs> my hot take though is there's plenty of great stuff with Modern Maiden, but it could definitely benefit from s- some self-editing. I don't think they've put an album out since the '90s that was less than an hour long, yeah. and I feel like I feel like they're shooting themselves in the foot with that. Like, I didn't Steve Harris say something along the lines of he's bored of writing short songs so he just goes like full prog with them every time and I, it's I, like
0: i would believe that if there was actually progginess to most of them but most of the time it's just repeating parts over and over long doesn't mean prog no. <laughs> it just means long
1: yeah and it's you know i this is one of those things where i had to like look at myself and say am i the crazy one am i the crazy one for you know not putting matter of life and death in the top five but like honestly i just this is one of those where uh different world is a great song but for the rest of it i just don't really get the hype compared to the rest of a a sizable chunk of their discography yeah yeah so um you know back over to you uh with your number
0: 13 no 14
1: 14 sorry
0: yeah Uh, my number 14 is uh dance of death from 2003 um, okay. More in that area of the Sami Maiden stuff. Now, a lot of people talk shit about the album cover, but the more that I've looked at it over the years, the more I'm like, I don't know. I kind of really like it. It's there's something about it that's really it, weird. And uh, at this it, point, it's and, entered the realms of so bad it's good. Like, yeah, almost. especially especially because they've they've been putting out such uninteresting album artwork now that that I go yeah. I look at that and I go at least it's weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, other than that, it's just more of the same. And this, this album was the one where all of a sudden you're like, Oh no, now we're well into it's the, it's the two thousands, second album of theirs of the two thousands. And, um, they're full on just like, look, we just write maiden stuff now. Um, we're yeah. not trying to push things in any necessarily, necessarily, uh, bold direction. Um it's literally from from here on out, it's just like if you like the same old, same old, then uh you're then come along with us. Um mm-hmm. but uh yeah. I don't have much more to say about that. It's I, I could say the same thing I've said about other albums. There's some songs I really like. There's some songs that are kind of dull. Um, there's some songs that could have been shorter. There's some songs that didn't need to be on there at all. Um, I, I just it's it's fine. <laughs> Number 14, Dance of Death.
1: (laughs) Cool. So my number 13 is uh The Final Frontier. I I had a little brain fart there for a second. So um this is uh the first uh Iron Maiden album that I can remember coming out because this album came out the same year I got into metal, which was 2010. Uh and this there I remember the hype for this album and i think i have it in like a limited edition tin um case instead of a instead of just a jewel case yeah. um and i'm going to i'm going to kick it off uh, satellite 15 dot 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 the final frontier a yeah. big old epic track to lead us into the album kind of two tracks in one a big theatrical opening and then a short kind of hard rocking track see that's the sort of left turn the I'd like more, <laughs> yeah. You know? like,
0: like all the all the electronic stuff in the beginning of that song. Like I hear, I hear, it and I go, "This is great" because I'm all like, it sounds a little bit different and it's fun. I mean, yeah. Like a p- purist will be like, "What is all this? What are they making yeah. rap music now?" El Dorado
1: is a fun track. Mother mm-hmm. of Mercy uh, is another good modern Maiden song. Uh, coming home is a maiden ballad. You know, it's good, but I don't know. I, I think the vocals are clipping a little bit. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm just, you know, listening to it on shit hot headphones and uh, <laughs> I'm just picking up all of like the crackly nuances of, of production. But, you know, uh, The Alchemist is refreshing to have some shorter maiden songs on this album on the heels of its predecessor, which was very drawn out. yeah. Uh, The Isle of Avalon is a lengthy Modern Maiden track Starblind, cool riffs in this one Talisman, cool (laughs) The Man Who Would Be King, also cool Uh, And When the Wind Blows uh, is a big old epic track to close out on Standard Modern Maiden doing Modern Maiden better than anyone else could hope to attempt but this album's got a little bit more zest to Mm -hmm. it and and, you know there's a I, I noticed that the albums that I have lower in the you know lower half tend to be the more vanilla, just made and doing metal sort of mm. vibe. Mm-hmm. Whereas as you go further up, I've found the ones that have a bit of a theme going tend to whet my appet- appetite, so to speak. Yeah, yeah,
0: I mean, <sighs> I. <laughs> I, I really like I really like that one. So that one doesn't isn't here yet for me. Um, you already talked about this one. This will be another short one. My number thirteen is Brave New World from okay. two thousand. Um, oh, I'll be, Brave I'll be, New World! I mean, at, at the time it was it was a big deal because it was you know the return of Bruce Dickinson. Um, but at at that time in my life, I wasn't really interested in Iron Maiden anyway. I knew about it. It was shortly after that that I think I started getting into them, but I started getting into classic Maiden and not newer stuff. Yeah. Um, but listening to it now, it's got some great songs on it. But once again, I think people put a lot of weight into this album, either because this was when they discovered Maiden, or they remember the feeling of Bruce's back because yeah. if you take those two things away it's not that great it's it's, a, <laughs> it's, it, it's an iron maiden album it's an, and it's yeah. got some, it's got good songs on it but other it also has some eh, okay songs um yeah. and once again like i've been saying some songs could have been shorter some songs could have been cut altogether um but it's it it's a, it's a fine album it's just Nothing impressive and not not one that I go back to and listen to. Um, you could say that about every album from this millennium. I do not... Well, there's one. There's one album from this millennium that I'll get to that I go back and lis- listen to because I think it's very good. Uh, but not yet. So let's move on to your number 12. Cool. So my number
1: 12 is... The one with the infamous CG album cover, Dance of Death. (laughs) 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 So, um, I recently found out as well that apparently that was just a, the, the image that they used on it, uh, was like a mock-up for a a more detailed version that would be made, but they just decided, ah, you know what, we actually kind of like it, you know, the, uh, tomb raider cutscene vibe you know (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's uh got arguably one of the most horribly dated album covers of all time even for its time but i like it personally like in that so bad it's good sort of way (laughs) it's all that
0: stuff's gonna come back around the same way that a lot of a lot of us look at like old nintendo games and like oh it's so cool how it looks then uh, eventually this this kind of stuff's gonna come back around where Everyone's gonna be like, "Isn't it so awesome how the first Doom game looked?" Yeah, you know.
1: Hell, I've always loved how that looked.
0: But well, that was yeah. that was '90s, wasn't it, when that one came out? So 1993. Yeah, there, shit, that long ago. Holy, f- I never played. I'm, I had friends that played that, um, and so I, but I, I didn't actually play them. I've never been a video game person since since the original NES. That's it. Fair enough.
1: Fair enough. But yeah. Um, so what do we got here? We got wildest dreams uh, good en- good energy for an opener mm-hmm. uh, rainmaker you know a, a concise track 2 for a good 1 2 punch we have two songs in a row that don't crack the 4 minute mark mm-hmm. and that was thoroughly enjoyable it was does do, yeah <laughs> doesn't <laughs> doesn't need to be 7 minutes plus every time you know however you know you got no more lies Cool atmosphere on this one. Montsagur, cool riffs, me likey. Dance of Death has like a fun Hobbit dance vibe to it, you know? Uh, <laughs> I, the whole time I was thinking, I for one do not think it was because the band was down. Yeah. I think it was because there was a two-foot Stonehenge monument on stage in danger of being crushed by a dwarf. But like, yeah. There, you know, there, uh, there,
0: there are a couple moments in Iron Maiden songs where I really think Bruce is about to go, and oh, Ali danced, the little children of Stonehenge. (laughs) (laughs) No one
1: knows (laughs) who they were or what they were doing. (laughs) (laughs) I'd fucking piss myself if they did that, if they covered Stonehenge. Like, that'd be great. um, Oh, Gates of tomorrow is a rocking track. New Frontier is another upbeat maiden track. Passion Dale, you know, I love a maiden song about history, especially the world wars. Um, Face in the sand. Now, as I'd mentioned earlier that there's a few moments in Iron Maiden. there's very few moments in Iron Maiden's catalog where the explicit use of an actual double pedal occurs but it is actually all over this song. That's that's um, Nico using two pedals. Okay. Um, I, I looked into it because I was like, nah, it's got too much of a consistent helicopter vibe to be one foot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Age of Innocence. I love the chorus in this song. Very uplifting musically, if even if the lyrics are a little more darker in subject matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and journey, Journeyman softer song to close out on to be honest i really enjoyed this one there's a lot of variety on this and i think that's something that other latter-day maiden albums lack sometimes so this one definitely it had a lot of different um types of songs and that's what really pushed this one up for me uh even even if I, I, th- I think the reason that nobody talks about Dance of Death is the album cover. I think nobody ever talks fairly about the music within. They just see the PS1 graphics on it and think, Ew. but uh, yeah, I really like uh, Dance of Death. So yeah. with that,
0: over to you. Cool. Uh, my number 12 is the 2015 album, The Book of Souls. Nice. And- I, uh, I I I enjoy a lot about this album, and I did when it came out. There's a part of me now that I'm like, should that have been the last Maiden album? Because I feel like it would have been a nice way to go out. But you know, who, you know, if, if Maiden fans don't want them to stop making music. But I just think that, um, it's very well put together and they made a very smart decision by calling it a double album, even though it's not much longer than the other albums they had already been putting out, but calling it a double album, they actually get away with it being long. Also, it helps that the last song is a big ass fucking epic. Um, Yes. And it's very, and it's really good. It's a really good Mm -hmm. long maiden song. So, um. But yeah, I think that uh, it's not their strongest of the twenty thousands, two thousands, in my opinion. What do you, what do you call that when you're referring to two thousand all the way to now? It's not the two thousands; it's the I, I call it twenty first century maiden. The twi- uh, twenty like, there you go. The twenty first century maiden. It's a good one. It's a, I, I it has a good energy to a lot of it. There are some songs... I think it could have been one album. It doesn't have to be a double album. But um, nothing is, like, super bad, you know? It's, and some of it is... Some of it's template-y at times. But hmm. um, there's something about it that I do really enjoy. And it's I, th- I think it's probably just a vibe, maybe, going throughout the album. But yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's good. It's, you know, still, to me, you know, doesn't crack the top ten for sure, but uh, it's it's a pretty good album, and that's uh, my number 12, The Book of Souls.
1: Cool, so uh, I'm going to talk about an album that uh, you weren't really a big fan of, but I ended up quite liking. Uh, huh. My number 11 is Sinjutsu. Okay. And uh, yeah, I, I, can, I can make a case for it. Um, so, this is the most recent Maiden record. Um, and like I said, I like my, uh, modern maiden to have a little bit of, a z- little bit of zest to it. Some, mm-hmm. uh, some, uh, you choose my words carefully here, some ethnic flair. <laughs> okay. So, so it, when it feels like something a little otherworldly, um, sure. Okay. So for this and book of souls, you know, there's a very clear, you know there's a bit more of a samurai vibe to this one, and the Book of Souls had a more uh Mayan sort of look. Uh, and I, f- I, f- I found that very interesting, you know. Um, but with that, Senjutsu very heavy, leaning into the Eastern vibe very much. Mm-hmm. Um, Strategic Stratego, mm-hmm. um, uh, Nico McBrain bringing the galloping kickage, he's got that. Du- 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 going on with the feet um and i again this is a case of i'm trying to figure out if that's double pedal or just insane right foot technique and this is the one where i'm genuinely unsure i think Um, he's i think he's just
0: got an amazing amazing right foot honestly
1: Yeah, It's <laughs> just got a giant fucking <laughs> bicep on his, it's like, like a, ankle. His w- one one yeah.
0: leg is like a Popeye arm leg. It's like yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just keeps, like, a can of spinach nearby at all times. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it, writing on the wall feels like a mixture of classic rock and
0: stompy folk. I, I re- that, that one was... Writing on the wall was... I was actually a little bit excited for the album when that song came out because I I thought it was really good, mm-hmm. and um, that's to me that's like the best song on the album I think.
1: Yeah, that beat. Yeah. yeah, really cool. Uh, lost in a lost world. Now I know you weren't a big fan of the uh, synth choice on this album, but like, no. <sighs> while i'm not a fan of of the sound specifically i'm more of just i like that it's there to add a little bit of atmosphere e- even if the patch they chose was not the greatest it was like sound. They, they all they did was yeah. turn
0: the keyboard on <laughs> <laughs> and whatever sound it was on that's the one they included on the album
1: yeah um but yeah where was i days of future past i like it shorter modern maiden track just rein it in a couple minutes guys <laughs> you, know, you yeah. know um you know the time machine you know if there's one thing that can be said since the bruce reunion they have continued to lean further and further into some progressive parts you know they yeah. still do the maiden repeat some sections thing but there there are different sections across all this uh darkest hour is kind of palady power palady power ballady there mm-hmm. we go palady we got a new word death of the celts uh you know here we close out with a trio of epics and then we have the parchment i like the dark refuge in this hell on earth is a big epic track to close out on um so yeah you know how we were talking about self-editing yeah um oh yeah so the, yeah the, the last three songs to come, come to over half an hour um you know it's good stuff I, I like when modern maiden has a little more zest to it like i say mm-hmm. um but still you could shave 40 minutes off this album and achieve arguably a better result yeah because there are several moments on here that i thought this is really cool um but As a result of having seven other minutes attached to it, you know, it feels like more of a, well, it is more of a commitment to hear, you know, you're like, do I press skip? Do I press skip?
0: I mean, when I I first (laughs) listened to this album, I thought it was over like five or six times. I was like, "Oh, clearly this is the end of the album." And I was like, well, "There are there's another two songs." <laughs> it was like it was. It, and they're it was, both
1: fifteen minutes long. <laughs> yeah, it
0: was. It was rough. It was very rough. Yeah.
1: Now I'm not against long songs. I am. No. I'm a Dream Theater fan. You know, I throw that out there. Which so I am no stranger to the average song length being ten minutes. But the difference is in a Dream Theater song you'll have like a soft part that verges on um classical you'll have like a full full-blown rush worship section a thrash <laughs> section and then something completely different and uplifting but when maiden goes long maiden have a set amount of things and they do them several times yeah and and i think that's what works to its detriment later down the line, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I, I do I do feel like it for the people who are like diehard, like Iron Maiden's their favorite band of all time, I do think a lot of those fans, they just like the time. Like, I want to be in an Iron Maiden album for longer, and I don't fault hmm. them for that. So that's why in some of those cases I go, I'm not the target audience for this because it's not interesting enough for me, but... If it was Metallica, you know, if they did a whole album of Inner over and over again, I would be like, "This is awesome! I love all the time I get to spend with them." <laughs> um, so, so you know, it's a, it's a personal preference for for me, honestly. But yeah. Um, but yeah, that that album really was me kind of being like, "I'm not really excited about Iron Maiden anymore." So, and um, to be honest, like
1: for me, it's been more of a binge with you. Iron Maiden's been there your
0: whole life so well you I, I, tw- 20 years or so that i've been really listening to them yeah
1: yeah but it's yeah for, for me latter-day maiden is peaks and valleys yeah so um over, over to you for cool. uh yeah 11, number there, 11 that's, that's it my favorite we are. <laughs> my favorite
0: uh, uh 21st century iron maiden album number 11 the final frontier from 2010. I really like, like this, from this point on, I really like all 11 of these albums. Cool. Um, it's uh, there's, so, there's such a good energy to this album that is undeniable. Every time I play it, I'm like, God, it's just infectious. It just, it feels like they're very excited about this music. and, I don't know. I I remember reading something that when the album first came out, there was like talk that it was their last. That this was actually final frontier. This was the last made yeah. album, and maybe that maybe they thought they might make it the last two. And maybe there was this this feeling of we got to go out big you know, on top with something energetic and and that sounds meaningful. And to me, yeah, it's the it's the best representation of Iron Maiden that's come out in this millennium and a lot of great songs, a lot of really memorable songs, a lot of great guitar work on this album. Um, I mean, production's not amazing, but I, I, it doesn't, it's the, it's nothing that takes me out of it. Um, but overall, like, I just think it's a very, very strong album and yeah, it's, it's the, it's literally the only one from the 21st century that I find myself returning to listen to, you know, multiple times. So wow. um, it ends up at my number 11, um, which means that no album from this century is in my top 10. Yeah. Um, well, I guess for yours too, right? Because you're, no, no, you have one. Nope, you're, nope we're getting to your number 10. And you have a, I know what you haven't talked about. So we do have, you do have one in your top 10. I, I do. Let's do it. And my number 10
1: Iron Maiden album is the book of souls nice and uh, i'm gonna tell you the uh little trend that i picked up on um okay right you notice her around uh virtual 11 they got rid of the uh pointy bits on the uh, letters oh they did like if yeah if, if you have a look at any maiden album released between 98 let, let me have a look here i'm just gonna going to proofread it. Like even now they, they they they've gone back to the non-pointy. No, 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 they've they've in recent times. Oh. Tell you tell you what? Yeah, they got rid of the pointy for um Virtual 11 and the points on the uh N M and other N didn't come back until the Book of Souls. Interesting. And something, you know, Made me realize something. <laughs> All of the ones barring the X Factor that don't have pointy letters ended up being the bottom <laughs> portion of my list. That's what it, it was. Some
0: sort of subliminal thing that got into your brain. You're like, what is yeah. it about it? Oh, there's no points. God damn yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I remember someone
1: once bringing up something similar to where, if like, it's like, you can tell how good a Megadeth album is by what color the logo is. <laughs> and it's like their thrash era is gold, their 90s era is silver, and then like Risk
0: was, I can't even remem- remember, but you there, know, I, d- I don't agree because my favorite no, era is there even a Meg- I don't think there's a Megadeth logo on the cover of Risk. I think it just says Risk. Yeah? I might be I wrong. I can't remember. Hey, well, that's for another episode that we already did. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. Go listen to that if you like Megadeth. But um, go listen to Risk yeah. if
0: you like good albums. But the original version, not, the, not yes. the fucked up version. Fuck that.
1: Not the neutered version. The the remixed and remastered after five years of existence for no good reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, number ten, Book of Souls. Mm-hmm. So uh, this one came out when I was in college, uh, and honestly, it was it's an album that kind of. Ev- eluded me i was i was in a different place when this came out i was a bit more i was more into grunge and i was more into glam i wasn't really into the middle of the road just heavy metal thing at the time yeah you 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 either wore flannel or hairspray or i didn't really care like (laughs) it was one of two extremes so this one came out when i was in college like i said but i'm i'm gonna jump right in if eternity should fail Damn good opener. Lots yeah. of cool parts. Um Speed of light, I heard this so many times. Um it's I good it a tune. badass badass hard rocking song. Um The Great Unknown is a sprawling prowling track. The Red and the Black is um our first epic of the album and like I said, I'm a sucker for WoWs like holy shit. I uh, just audience participation parts Chef's kiss. When the river they, runs they, deep, they,
0: they had to start throwing those in because they realized that the crowd would just start wowing to uh, guitar riffs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, we, may, we should put some actual, actual, actual axle Rose. We should put some actual." Why can't I talk? So we, we get some WD
1: forty. We need to grease them up. <laughs>
0: actual woes. That's a really tough sentence to say. We should put some actual woes in our songs. Holy crap. I'm glad we're almost done. It's all good. We're, we're, we're almost there. We can do it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah,
1: um, right. Where, where was I? Uh, where, when the river runs deep, just up-tempo gear-shifting riffage. Uh, the Book of Souls title track. I'm a sucker for that desert voyage style Zeppelin, Kashmir-esque sort of vibe. Um, Death of, Death of Glory, it's up-tempo maiden track. See this is the thing there's like different you know varying tempos cool stuff cool atmosphere
0: that might be um, and that might be a part of the reason why the album's enjoyable because it does change it up it, the sequencing's pretty good there's a push and pull to it like yeah. you know it keep, keeps you invested
1: um Shadows of the Valley definitely feel like this is a musical callback to Wasted Years like upon hearing that I was like yeah <laughs> That's not subtle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tears of a Clown, the ride symbol work is... Uh, the Man of Sorrows is a ballady track, and Empire of the Clouds, Maiden's longest song ever, and is actually really, really good. It's yeah. justified in its grandeur. Uh, and, you know, despite me talking about length being a problem in 21st Century Maiden. Oh, I length
0: think- is not a problem for me, sir. <laughs> Just kidding.
1: It's okay. <laughs> you know what? That was... That was well done. well-placed well, well dick joke. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> I tip my hat to you. But, um, yeah, I think they made the right move calling this a double album because it makes you feel like you can take one half or the other you don't need to you don't need to listen to both at the same time but uh yeah of the latter day maiden this is my favorite
0: all right and um yeah over to you Cool. All right, we're wrapping this up the right way for me because we're this is the beginning of the top 10, the end of the episode, the beginning of the top 10, but I am very very happy to um have Mr. Blaze Bailey in the top 10. My number 10, the cool. X-factor <laughs> from 1995. This one's grown on me a lot. I yep. don't remember hearing it at the time, although I'm sure I th- I'm sure I did because I remember like yeah, I'm, I'm sure I did, but it didn't make any kind of impact on me at the time, and I didn't care that it was a different vocalist. It was no 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 big deal. But um, getting into it, this is one that like I've always liked things about it. There are some songs, you know, Man on the Edge is an amazing song. Two A.M. There's there's these great, really great, well written songs on this, and and the ones where it's written a little more in a in a key that Blaze can really shine. It's It's really good. Like, if they could have written more to him, uh, it, it would have been an amazing album. But, you know, it's still really good. But as the time has gone on, and especially doing the, the Iron Maiden ranking, I purposely, for everything post Fear of the Dark, I decided to go backwards. And when yeah. I got to the X Factor, I was like, this is really good. No fucking denying it. This is a really good album. And it was because I guess because I'd gotten so worn out on all this other samey maiden stuff. And then when I got to virtual nine, I'm like, I like, I like blaze, but this could be better. And then you get to X-Factor. I'm like, Oh, it was better. The first album is I mean, you, yeah, you have point a good point about the production, but overall just the vibe and the songs, and his voice, I just really enjoy this album a lot. And yeah, so it, it had to be, it had to make it into the top 10 for me because it, it is an album that I think deserves a little more time from maybe not even Maiden fans, just people that just like some good sort of 90s metal. Um, yeah. It, it's Something just a, a little good,
1: bit more moody.
0: Yeah, 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 it's it's a really really good album to me, um, but obviously the original run with Bruce Dickinson is to me the the best, and yeah, um, almost want to keep going. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know, but we yeah. we gotta we gotta we yeah. gotta half this up because you know with, you know next time we'll, we'll we'll have a lot more to talk about because I I know for sure. Oh, so X Factor was my number 10. So um, I know for sure that there will be a couple placements that I have that are going to be... There's one album in particular, and everybody knows probably what it is, that I have higher than most people do, and people fucking hate it. They fucking hate it it that I have that album so high. Is that the one behind you in the bottom right-hand corner? (laughs) No, it is not on my shelf right now. But Uh, next time when we do, I'm going to have, if you're listening to this in the podcast, I chose four maiden albums to display behind me next episode. I will choose four different maiden albums and uh, it's no, there's no alluding to where they're going to go in my, in my, uh, it's just the four that I chose, but uh, yeah, the album I'm referring to will be up behind me next time, but yeah. So it's going to be an interesting conversation because I'm not your average Maiden fan. I am in some ways because I will, you know, hold up number of the beasts on that mountain and be like, I'm fucking Rolls! Yeah. But, but at the same time, I have my thoughts on other Maiden stuff that doesn't seem to gel with a lot of the uh, the old school Maiden folk. But um, yeah. so it'll, it'll be a really interesting uh, discussion either way. And um, I don't know, do you have any parting words?
1: I was just going to say, like, now that we've got to the midway point i'm um, now i've gone from like i've gone from looking at a stack of albums and thinking oh man i gotta get through all this To i actively want to binge listen yeah. each of these back to back yeah um see see that's that's how it's kind of split in two for me um you know, I I read through some lists and that stuff. You know, and not to give anything away, but I saw the likes of um, "Fear of the Dark" in the the bottom bottom three spots, and I was like, I was thinking, man, you're fucking crazy.
0: You're yeah, fucking crazy. That's get r- get that, out of n- here. That's ridiculous. But yeah, whatever. I mean, that was honestly. I remember when we'll we'll, if, we'll, we'll talk about that album next time. because <laughs> yeah. we do we. But do we have the same? Top nine, though we do have the same top nine. It's just I believe I believe we do.
1: We we still have the uh the two Paul Diano albums and Mm -hmm. the um rest of the Bruce albums.
0: Yep. So we're gonna so it's we're gonna have the same exact nine albums, but it just we'll just have to find out if we match up on any of them or not, and that'll be fun. But um, Mm. that's for next time, ladies and gentlemen. Um, that, and that's all for this part one, man, we are, we were efficient in this episode. I think next time we're going to have more to say. Um, I was going to say next, next week is
1: going to be the real test. I think (laughs) it's like you could be
0: talking at a two hour episode. Yeah, possibly. And so, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. And yeah, my brain is broken. That means we need to leave. So um I appreciate everyone <laughs> in the podcast world for listening, everyone in YouTube for watching. If you're if you're playing along, put your bottom 8 in the comments, your bottom 8 maiden albums. And yeah. uh I, I, there's a few of you that, that do that and I even though I don't comment on them, I read through all of them and I I, I love seeing the different takes on on the albums. So um yeah, Peanut Butter Platypus to all of you and yeah we'll be back next week to do the second half the upper half of the Iron Maiden discography and as usual you know fuck let's get out let's get the fuck out of here Um, I'm gonna throw it over to Eddie the Ed Sparks to take us out Da-da-da-da. later da-
1: up uh...